I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The trailer booking and Billy Bones A Paolo DiCaglio A West Ham United Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is more than just a podcast. 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 Better late than ever. Season 7, episode 11. And who have we got tonight? We're, we're recording quite late, but I believe we have Nigel. I'm here. Where are you, Nigel? I'm in my shed. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't know. I think that joke's running off Is now. it not? It's, it's and not boring for me yet. Live from the Outer Hebrides, uh, we have George. Hello. Where are you, George? Uh, I'm in my bed. Are you really? Yeah, I am. And, and also, way past his bedtime, uh, the oldest, actually, member of the podcast... Uh, in his 50s uh, it's John where are you John <laughs> I'm in my loft on my bed yeah and and you uh, we have a name when we join here and yours is ready for bed there you go so uh, where did we start we we had a game of football did anyone go up Burnley no no okay who watched it me I let's start with you then, Nigel. I watched it as well, but let's start with you, Nigel. Uh, what happened? We drew one all. Oh, did we? Yeah, yeah, we scored, and then Burnley scored late on, and the game was a draw. It it was a route one. <laughs> great, that's great uh, analysis. You don't need game. stat attack now. I'll tell you, I've done it. Uh, it was a long ball that Sam Allardyce would have been very proud of. Great assist for uh, Joe Hart if you had him in your dream team. D- uh, defensive clearance. Um, that luckily broke our way. It's a good goal. He took it well, didn't he? Went round the keeper, slotted it in, and yeah. then that was it, really. Well, no, that's that's a bit harsh. I thought we did play well. We attacked well, even when we were down to ten men. Um, we still had chances to increase our lead. Um, obviously, it was difficult after. You know what? Well, let's talk about it. It's the elephant in the room. Let's get it out. Let's talk about your view. Of the whole incident, the first yellow and 90 seconds later, the next yellow. You know, when what? you jump, it's hard because when you jump, your natural is to put your arms up. But surely they know now you can't lead with your elbows. And it's 
you could say it's harsh because he never looked at either player once. So it's not like he's gone in to do the player. He's just jumped. But when you lead with your elbow, the second one, the first one is a bit harsh, but the second one, I think, could have been a straight red. Yeah, me too. It was. He pointed his elbow. You got to jump more with your forearms out than with your elbow pointed. And as soon as you jump with a pointed elbow, you ask him for trouble if it connects. It was almost like he he did that second one out of frustration for the booking in the first one. I thought. Yeah. It's not what we expect out of someone on eighty-five grand a week, though. Well, money's got nothing um, to do with it. It's nothing to do with it. He could be on 150 grand a week. It could be on 10 grand a week. You just, you know how to jump and you know you can't jump in like that. But he's, he's, he's like, he's got the grace of a horse. He just, his arms flail everywhere when he jumps up. He's done this before. He got uh, sent off, uh, where was it? Against Swansea, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was a flaily alarm, wasn't it? And to be fair, he brushed the geezer's ponytail that day. That's oh, yeah. geezer, isn't it? And he went down like a yeah, dying Flores, duck. So that yeah. was a bit of an arse yeah. sending off. But, you know, it's Saturday, I don't think we can grumble with the sending off. And quite why he was pointing to his head saying, ref, I edited the ball. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's, let's, did Slavin Bilic get his line up right to begin with? Should Andy of Carroll have started? He'd already had two yellows this season. He'd given away two goals, lost us a number of points. I'd, I'd, is he only one? Is he is the only person who sees something in Andy Carroll that he should be starting every game, no matter what is for? No, I, I don't. I won't blame Bilic for the team that he picked. He he works with these players. He sets the system up. It's obviously he prefers Carroll, isn't it? That it's his job on the line, not ours. In it. So in it. in it, yeah, in it, blood, bruv. We're not we're not on Arsenal TV now. <laughs> um... All right, let's let's have a little bit of a different. Uh, George, you watched some of it. I did. I think I I, I agree with with what Nigel said about the sending off. Um, I I didn't see all of it, but from what I gather, you know, we put in a, f- a fairly good performance, especially after the sending off. Um, and you know, if we'd have had eleven men on that pitch, I reckon we'd have we'd have secured that three points. But um. We take the draw. I think it's not not the the worst result in the world, especially with ten men for so long in the game. So, why didn't you watch all of it? Didn't you know we had a podcast on Monday? Uh, I knew we had a podcast on Monday, but I I had other things going on on Saturday, so I watched some what, of it. Do you want to share that with the with our listeners? That was what was um, more important than was your analysis of the podcast. I was just doing stuff, getting my hair cut, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I watched some of it. Dedication. Yeah. Um, what what did you see then from, from the game? Did you see the second half or, or, or you, you sort of in and out? I saw a bit in and out throughout the game. Um, but funnily enough, I, every time I turned it on, a goal seemed to be scored. So I saw both the goals. Oh. Um, well, let's talk about the second goal. You know, typical West Ham. If you'd have asked us before, you said, yeah, I would have accepted the point. Uh, but after leading for 85 minutes on 10 men, not leading for, for, for 85 minutes, but still leading 85 minutes, you thought, ah, oh, we might nick a three points here. Da, da, da. In comes Sod's Law against West Ham saying, no, let's concede a goal. In comes Sod's Law. Yeah. Do you think they deserved the point, Burnley? 
Uh, I, I probably didn't see enough of them to what, give an opinion on that, to be honest. But I think, by all accounts, we we could could have won and, and maybe could have held on, as I said, if we'd had a full team out. Can we blame anyone? Was, was it um was it Cresswell that should have got close to it? I can't remember, or was it Reed? I can't. Rem- I'm trying to remember their goal and whether. Did you watch the game, Sean? I did watch the game. I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> Can you help me here, Nigel or John? Yeah, Burnley scored. Edda. <laughs> Cross. <laughs> the geezer beat Creswell. On Easily. The, uh, yeah, it was yeah. Creswell, yeah. Crossed the ball oh. and the geezer headed it. John, I know you started watching from 63 Minutes because you told us. Yeah. Did you have something better to do? Did you know we had a podcast on Monday? I was working, actually. But, um, oh, were you? And then when I tried to get it up and running, I couldn't get it up and running. So, yeah, I... I could have watched it from half time, but by the time I got it going, it was about 60 minutes, something like that. So, yeah, from what I saw... Didn't miss much. No, but I mean, from what I've seen, I've, I've seen the sending off, I've seen our goal, I've I've seen our performance up until they, they conceded. I thought we defended really well, I thought we were doing well, considering we were yeah. down to nine men. I thought it was a spirited performance. I think Carroll was just an idiot. He's just just stupid what he did. And I agree, could have, the second thing on its own could have been a red card. Having got that yellow card for the first thing, he shouldn't should have just kept his head down and got sort of eased yeah. himself back in the game. But it was just stupid. Cost us the game, I think. And um, yeah, Creswell, the first time either. I mean, Creswell was pretty awful to let that cross in. Cause I, I said to you on the group, didn't I? Stop the cross. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely just a typical uh, West Ham thing, wasn't it? But we got the draw, we take the point, and it was a spirited performance. And it, it was, a, it was sort of come away after watching that, feeling a bit better than, you know, after the last few games, we've got a bit of a spirited team spirit going on and a bit of spirited game. I know you keep shouting for Sacco, so you're going to get him. Where are we? Well, I mean, that's what I was about to move on. You know, Masaaku, did he, you know, with his form at the moment, did he deserve to start? Um, Sacco, with his, his three goals this season, uh, one assist. He also got a goal for Senegal. <laughs> uh, Senegal. Um, he's got the form, you know. Chikorito, you know, when he's played in the proposition in well, Mexico he, in, the, in, in, in the international, Fox in the box, guess what? He scored. Slavon Bilic, did you watch that? I don't think, you know... I, I didn't disagree with him being taken off because I thought it was a good idea to tr- put, get fresh legs up there and chase the ball down from the front. And I think he won't. I think he needs to read it in a bit of his little bit of attitude the way he comes off the pitch. You know, shocking. It's not all about him. It's not all about him. Oh really? Really? You got a problem yeah. with? Uh, That's with... disrespectful. Did he throw his fit? Did he? Yeah, he just, well, he just, he just shook his head. He car- shook his head yeah, and he just... looked and his hands like, oh, why are you taking me off? I'm mm. the best player on the pitch kind of thing. It must be frustrating for him, though, especially as he's being played out of position. Oh. Was it a 4-4-2? I know you didn't watch it from the beginning, so I won't ask you, John, or or was it a 4-4-2? Well, he claimed it was a 4-4-2, Nigel. Looks it to me. It was a bit hard. It looked it 27 it minutes and Carroll sent off. Yeah, I know, but did for the first twenty-seven minutes, yeah, I, the shape didn't look a four-four-two to me. What did it me. look like then? People go well, people I, it, bang on too much. 
about formations and everything else. There was 11 players on the pitch. There was four defenders, four midfielders and two attackers. Tell me that that was lined up then. Well, I think, I think again, you didn't have just two strikers up front. You um, sort of, and, and I'm not about Nautovic, uh, Chikorito just is just off Andy Carroll and, and is a bit back a bit. But that's not, how it always used to get that's... done at times. You, you, McAvenny, uh, Cotty played off of McAvenny or Dave Swindlers when he first started. You go all the way back um, when David Cross played, he played a bit with Pub Robson. They, they never play. You always had the big one up front and the little one playing off of him. Well, I, for one, am very excited about seeing Chikorito and Sacco start. We did a Clarence Hugh poll this week, and I think like 87% we asked whether you wanted Chikorito up front on his own or AU or Antonio and all the different combinations. 86% wanted Chikorito. Yeah, you know, you can run as many polls as you want, but there's a man called Slavin Bilic who makes a decision. I know he does, and but he can be swayed because at the Swansea game, when we all sung for Lanzini, he quickly pointed to Lanzini and said, "Get changed to get on." So maybe he can be swayed by public but opinion. He could have, but he could have had that decision already yeah, made. Or he was you know. he, he anyway. might have done. He yeah. did say, by the way, "I'm not here to be popular." I don't know if you saw an interview. He did say, "I'm not here to be popular. I don't mind the boo boys. I do what's best for West Ham." I reckon. West I reckon he's going to. Um, play Obiang Kiate and push Lanzini forward a bit and stick to Trio on his own. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We're, we're now on Friday. Anyway, little stat attack. What about Arnautovic? Is he going to keep his place? Well, I'd, I, you know, my view on this, I'd play Masuaku uh, on on the left wing, personally. And kept the £24 million. Pound. That's what I'd have done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know really what he's bought yet. Uh, you know, beyond £24 million pound of instalments. And a red card. And then More of that later. West Ham possession, 38%. Obviously, that meant Burnley had 62. This is a telling tale. West Ham, eight shots, six on target. The Clarets, 20 shots. i repeat that. 20 shots, five on target. So maybe shots on target was a bit even, but they had 12 more shots. I don't know where they were. I must have missed a lot of them, but yeah. They weren't on target, were they? They weren't on target. Well, if it, as you if say. Antonio had scored that goal at the end of that move, that, that interplay between him and Lanzini uh, and um, Hernandez, that would have been goal of the season, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, no use uh, crying over spilt milk. Respect the point, as Sam Allardyce used to say. Your favourite. Uh, do you know what? There's not a lot between us. I mean,. On the, in in the table now because uh, we're on eight points. Five other teams are on eight points. Three teams on nine points. Uh, a win on Friday would put us tenth. We're fifteenth at the moment. We jump up to tenth with just a win. There you go for a few hours. Well, <laughs> it depends on other results <laughs> on Saturday. But yeah, we would jump up to tenth place. But will so, they have any bitter you know, in the so ground? We'll see. Will they what? Will they have any bitter in the ground? We'll see. Only <gasps> yes, that's only exciting. bitter fans. Billy Chart, they will be going. What formation are you playing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's time to say sure, sure. Let's look at what the gaffer had to see. Slavon, a goal up for so long, but a man down for so long. So, how do you view that point? 
Well, it's a bit of a mixed emotion, so I have to praise the guys because uh, we we got a point and uh, and we played for so long with ten men and uh, we had really some good periods of the game even when we were with with one man down like first 15 minutes in the second half when we had a couple of really good chances you know uh, and it's hard to stop them um, to cross the ball from good areas they were putting the bodies up and we defended the most of those crosses really well but then uh, the last one or that one before the goal we, we we didn't mark them well, and uh, but we played good and uh, especially when we were 11 against 11, we were really um, I would say dominant in the game and we were very very dangerous. So it's uh, we have expected that especially now that we have the most of the squad back and uh, not only back but also fit and. Uh, so I'm quite pleased with the performance, with everything, with uh, with fitness, with uh, with work rate, with uh, teamwork, and with the uh, and also with the quality. Obviously, you're delighted to have everyone back from from injury, but now frustrated to lose Andy Carroll after two yellow cards in in less than two minutes. What was your take on that? Well, uh, of course, I'm angry and everything. I mean, he's very experienced players, and it's. Uh, it wasn't deliberate and all that, but uh, the player of uh, his experience, you can't do that two times in a couple of minutes. And uh, especially when you play away, it is very likely that you're going to get minimum yellow card. And that's what happened very early in the game. And uh, after that, uh, it was we knew it's going to be very, very hard, but we defended well. and. Uh, we, we were so close, you know, to to get uh, to get all three points. What about the, the the points that your side have got recently? The performances that you've got from them recently? Are you pleased that that the team is on the up after a difficult start to the campaign? Well, we knew we were going to have a difficult start, not only because we 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 played first three games, we played three away games, but uh, more than that, we we were playing without uh, three or four very important players for us, especially if we are talking about the players who, who are game changers uh, when we have a ball. So uh, now, mm, with Lanzini back, with, Ar with Arnautovic back, with Michael Antonio getting into his, his uh, really good, good fitness because he had a long, long uh, break as well, uh, it is looking much better. and. Uh, we are looking really forward with a lot of optimism. If we continue to work like this and to play like this, then, then we should uh, get more points, uh, many, many points. Well done today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. What do you think about that then, John? Well, I agree with him. You always agree with him because you never know what he says. Well, he's, he's picking up on the, you know, he's disappointed with Carol. He doesn't back him. He, he was angry with Carroll. He yeah. was angry with Carroll. He Carol. accepts that they were bookable offences and he should know better. But he can see the positives from the from the performance and the result. So I agree with him. Good. All right. Well, we're going to talk about red cards now because uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Daily Mirror ran a story today on Monday saying Andy Carroll been fined £190,000 for the red card, which is untrue. And the reason I know that is I made inquiries with a senior source to find out what does happen. And in and, and reality, because I couldn't see, right, they were saying that Carol had been fined two weeks' wages. I can't imagine the PFA putting up with that and saying, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just find anyone. If you don't like what they did, just find them. Everyone... No, that is a, I think that's a limit. That can, uh, it's a limit can you can be fined, be fined for um, yeah. discipline. But this isn't a discipline yeah. thing, or, or if, you know, if they went well, able or something. Is it's, it not ill-discipline? It off? is ill-discipline, but there are automatic fines within each con West Ham player contract. And that is, if you get two yellow cards in a game, right, and it's not rescinded or appealed, it's half a week's wages. Uh, in the case of Andy Carroll, he earns £85,000 a week basic. So his uh, automatic fine by the club is £42,500. If you get a straight red, and I think Anatovic got a straight red, if I remember rightly, was it? Yeah. It's yep. one week's wages. I don't know what Anatovic is on. Is he on about 80 grand? So you got an 80 grand. Probably on about 200 grand a week. Something like. No, I think he's on about 80 grand. Um, so, match. did you see the uh, stat from Match of the Day where they said um, that Slavin Bilic yes. has had got the most red cards? He's had 12 league red cards since he took over in uh, 2015 and another four in three in Europa and one in FA Cup. Yeah, but how many of them have been rescinded? Four. So, so I'll quickly tell you what they are. Adrian, 92 minutes. Um, Jenkinson... Noble, this was in 2015, followed by Collins against Watford, uh, Quixote against Palace, that one definitely was rescinded. Europa League, it was Sacco on 15 minutes, then Tompkins on 45 minutes, and then Collins against Astra. And then if we move to the FA Cup, Quixote again, rescinded after 75 minutes. And then we go to the next season, uh, Cresswell against Palace, Reed against Spurs, Faguli. 15 minutes later rescinded against uh, Manchester United Antonio against Watford if you remember that one on 86 minutes and then Sam Byram against Sunderland 95 minutes and bringing it right up to date this season we've obviously had two uh, against Southampton and Altovich after 32 minutes and uh, Carroll after 29 minutes against Burnley is there a pattern are we worse than anyone else with our discipline or is it just a stat that match of the day brought up Nigel. Just a stat that match of the day brought up. Who cares? <laughs> you don't think <laughs> we're any worse than anyone else? Really interesting minute. <laughs> well, I, I know you're going to say different, but I, no. But obviously the match of the day stat, I think we were about four or five clear of the next team, were we not? Yeah. Yeah, we were. Right. But then again, four of ours have been rescinded. So how do they stand up as red well, cars? Well, so they're wrong straight away. Well, they are, but we'd still be at the top. Do we get... Oh, we, oh all right, let me ask near this question. Top. We'd still be near the top. We'd still... Well, will we be second or first? Uh, is it that we get a rough time from referees? Yeah. Or is it we've got bad discipline under... Uh, it's the referees. Under slab. Blame the refs. That's the way it goes, isn't it? Always blame the refs. Okay, well, I'm going to move, move on to a second point. And, and that is... We can't hold on to a bloody result at the end of the game. So I had a look. Uh, obviously, Burnley, we were about to get three points last five minutes. So I had a look at the last five minutes in the whole of 2017. And would it shock you to know we've lost 10 points in 2017 and lost? <gasps> wow. <laughs> Shocking. 94th minute against West Brom, two points lost. Bournemouth, King scored his hat-trick on the 90th minute, one point lost. Hull City, 85th minute against the Tigers. And that was in uh, April. Sunderland, they scored in the 90th minute to make it 2-2. Uh, Southampton, Austin scored 93rd minute. 
and obviously Burnley Wood scores in the 85th minute. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, yeah, 85th minute, two points lost. Is that, is that concentration? Is that something to do with Slavin Bilic, or is that something to do with we just our, our team lose its, its focus in the last five minutes? Probably, Again, I think that's worse. Probably than because else. probably because we've got a hundred-year-old fitness coach in it. <laughs> He's a hangball expert, isn't he? He's like 69 years old or something. I don't know. Perhaps <laughs> I only play for 80 minutes handball. Yeah. It is, a, it is a concerning stat, that one. I hadn't noticed that before. Right. And I think it does... I mean, you could, it, you've got to, you've got to point the finger at someone there for, for, for not drilling it into them that they've either got to stay concentrating properly for those last 10 minutes or be fit enough to... To deal with the pressure that you're gonna get. So you genuinely think it's fitness? I don't know what it is, or concentration, or what I I've got a stat for you. Go on then. Right in 1993-94. Yeah. West Ham conceded 63 goals. In the the, the biggest 15-minute block was the last 15 minutes where they conceded 16 goals, which was more than any other 15 block. So actually. It's the West Ham way, isn't it? We've always done like that. We've always conceded late goals. This is the league. I just found this. I just picked it up and I see it. And because I actually read the one in order for a change, I knew you was going to bring up this stat. It just said, well, we've always been that way. This is 25 years ago. And we were conceding late-minute goals. That's all right. There you go. So it's not Slavin Bilic's fault. It's no, it's not well. Slavin's fault. It's just <laughs> the way it is. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I'm going to move on to uh, 
something I know that is something dear to Nigel's heart, but I, I wrote uh, an article for West Ham Till I Die on Sunday as part of my s Sunday column. I haven't written one for a while because they, they gave me a real hard time, Nigel, didn't they, after I wrote the last one about <laughs> Slap and Billich. <laughs> I did join in. <laughs> uh, and uh, I wrote uh, a Slap and Billich article and, and uh, the natives got a little bit restless. And uh, so I haven't been back for a few weeks. Um but I was really interested because, and, and I spoke to Nigel and I spoke to someone called Paul Christmas, he's on the committee of um, the West Ham or the Hammer Social Club or West Ham United um, Supporters Club. And I didn't know the history of of the Supporters Club. And, and through Nigel and Paul, we found out it was founded in, in 1947 just after the war because no um, football was played up into 46 because they suspended uh, uh, the league and uh, six guys founded it in a in a in a house in Wigston Road which is where is that that Nigel off Prince Regent's Lane and, and they wrote to the West Ham board and said we've set this up and West Ham board said well, we don't want anything to do with you you get no special treatment you get no special status we don't need you. And then and then later on they said, do you mind if we call ourselves West Ham United uh, Supports Football Club? And we went, we don't care what you call yourself. It's got nothing to do with us. <laughs> um, they moved to a school, and I'm trying to remember the name of the school. Bartley uh, Avenue. Yeah, uh, and, and by then, and by their second annual dinner, I think they, they'd had 120 people having a gala dinner, and they were up to like 600 members. Uh, to cut a long story short, and I, you can go and read on West Ham Till I Die, the story. Um, but it wasn't till the late 50s where uh, a chap called Tom Jenkinson, who was a local Labour MP whose family came from the Poplar Workhouse, um, formed a relationship with Reg Pratt, the, the, um, the West Ham chairman, and actually started raising money. And, and West Ham actually benefited from thousands of pounds of fundraising from supporters through the supporters club to rebuild a lot of the bomb damaged stands and and the east stand and the west stand um and a lot of the terraces and improvements um and you know on, on from there 1958 hammer of the year was founded by the supporters club taken over by the club now and uh stolen stolen if you want to call it um but of course, there is a there's a a story at the end of this and a sting in the tail, which is you know by uh, they got a new lease in 1993, 99 year lease. They had their own building. Everything's looking rosy. At the last match of the bowling, they took fifteen thousand pound over the till. Um, at the next game, Bournemouth when when they moved you know the West Ham moved away to the London Stadium, they took twenty one pound. And 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 throughout last season they were losing seven grand a month uh, until basically they went bust. Um, but the situation's got even worse now because they were they've just got a new committee. They were just about to restart themselves, and they did a health and safety audit, and basically it's condemned. And 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 now they're trying to raise money um, to 150 grand on top of I think 80 grand they should get from selling one of the flats to refurbish the place and try and open it again and also find a new premises at, at Stratford you know this is this is an institution they would call it the second longest institution in West Ham because it's been going 70 years uh, but they want to keep the castle 
street premises and they want to get a new premises in um, Stratford. And, and, you know, just today, I, I, that article's just been tweeted out by um, uh, Anton Ferdinand, who says, come on, West Ham family, get behind it. I'm going to start with you, Nigel, because I know this is something close to your heart, the, the club itself. Is it worth saving the Castle Street premises? What, what can become of it? You know, do people actually want to go there to drink anymore? Um, I think if it's marketed the right way, people may want to use it. You know, the West Ham way functions at the East Ham Working Man's Club have shown that you can get fans to attend on a match day if organised correctly. Uh, the previous committee, in my opinion, had no interest whatsoever in saving that club. So the fact that the new committee, um, led by Paul and the others, have took it on board, um, to see what they've done, I think it does deserve being saved. You know, the, the, the club, You know, everybody knows the way I feel. The, the, the heart's been ripped out of the club with the move. A way of life has been destroyed um, that will never, ever come back. And this is, this is literally the last link that the club has to the area. And if it can be kept and maintained and, and enjoyed for, for future generations, then all, all well and good. That's the way I see it. Perhaps I am clinging on to something that, that perhaps should be, when you look at the money needed, perhaps should be let go. But if it can be saved... I hope it really can be saved. I, I think they're looking to do something like community hall for the you know the 800 flats are going to be in there. But in my view, they should sell the lease um, and use that money because I think there's got a lot of value to buy a new lease in in Stratford and the futures in Stratford. So I, you know I don't think you can run both. If you want something sustainable, you've got to sell one. Um, have your memories and move all of the belongings in there including the cups and the pictures and all the memorabilia they've collected over the years and move it to a new home with with, with a new lease is it, is it meaningless in the new place? No I mean I watched a programme the you other move night house, Bobby, is it meaningless? You, you move house well, you know, home is what you make it I don't know didn't, yeah I, but I, you never wanted to leave the bowling ground <laughs> so but but no, I didn't. Is it different for me? I grew up in the area. My family had weddings in there when I was a kid. You know, so it it was it's always but, been but there. But no one really, you know, what supporters didn't really care that much because they took twenty one pound at the Bournemouth game. So it just shows you how fickle fans are. That no one wanted to make support the club. It's like Woolworths. No one wanted to yeah, support I, it. What it shows you, know, you, I think, what it shows you is how little of a community of the West Ham true fans and that actually still live in the area that's what it shows yeah I think that's a good point John yeah but I don't live in the area now do I I mean all right, I still go back there because my family still live in the area I mean not the Bournemouth game I think the game after I went in there I made a point of going in there and I walked out of there at 2 o'clock I caught a bus um, funnily enough I jumped on the wrong bus and it took me the long way to Stratford uh, via Canning Town, but I still got to the ground before kickoff. Yeah, but well we we sort of did that ourselves because we went a couple of day games in after we'd moved and went you back went to, to the Black, Black Light, Light and yeah. did the same sort of thing. We all went sort of went back to have a little taste of what it was like. You only went once though, John. Well, it just wasn't the same, yeah. was it? That's why. 
and you just like you know I can understand why you they'd want to keep it there if there's a community call for it in the area if there's not a community call for it I think they should put all their efforts into getting a proper I mean, established place at Stratford and I think I well, think I'll the club it. should fund it I think the club should have some financial input in it as well which I think is a disgrace yeah. that they've just left it if you look at the East Ham Working Man's Club, now I, I, I've, there were stories going around the local area that they were in trouble and that they made clothes a few months ago. So you've got two buildings virtually doing the same thing. In that area, there's probably no need for two buildings. So if they could merge to become one, perhaps if the supporters club could do a deal, sell their lease, get a bit of money... But then put a bit of money into perhaps doing up the East End Working Man's Club and join together as one, then I can see that working because you don't need two community centres in that area, the people mm. that use it. You know, I mean, I think people on the committee, the old members of the committee on the Supporters Club are actually on the committee of the East End Working Man's Club as well. So in a way, when, when the West End moved, for me, there was a bit of a conflict of interest there. That these people had a foot in both camps and only one's going to survive and it's the one that can last the longest basically yeah. I mean they've got an EGM haven't they coming up 5th of November or something um, apparently yeah. um, to, to decide on, on, on the future um, John what, what what's your view on you know we, we never really went to the supporters club but we, all four of us actually have become members now uh, well, are we going to give it a that, go I did that just while ago just to throw some money at them but yeah uh, but then or there's also a part of me that hoped that they did get a venue near to new stratford and so we could have somewhere as a base for there it would it would be it would if they had an established place at stratford and it was quite a large venue i mean it'd be rammed because it is it is absolutely bereft of decent places to drink Around Stratford. Yeah. Well, they they um they've got this place in Stour Place, uh, Stour Place, isn't it? Stour Road. Uh, yeah, but it's called Stour Place, and it takes oh. up to I think 250. Now they told us we're doing a bit of a Q and A on West Ham till I die last night uh, with Paul Christmas, and he told us before they announced that they had 256 members. They've now doubled that, so one would think they've got over 500 members again. Um, I think he said about 150. Uh, members turned up for the first event at Swansea. They did make a loss because they had, had some start-up fees uh, and Tower Hamlets insisted they have six security guards, which I think they're allowed to reduce. Um, are you going there for the um, Brighton game, chaps? Or have, have yes, you, yeah. I am. John? Yeah, it, it depends our, on timing. Yeah, what's our plan? Well, we don't really know, do we? Yeah, it just depends on timings, doesn't it? I mean, again... Football's got moved around to Friday night and whatever. If it was well, it opens at four. Yeah, and we are we are supporting it, and and we and they do food. Yeah, I, I, I would yeah. I would love to now settle in there. That'd be great. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. Mm. Good. Well, we've got the the link. The story I wrote is is linked on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com/slash more than just a podcast, um, and also you'll see a link to the fundraising so the just giving page that's trying to raise 150 grand if you want to make a donation or links on if you want to become a member for 10 quid 
you can do it there. So good luck, uh, Hammers Social Club, and uh, hopefully they can they can survive. We'll do our small bit to to promote them and keep them going. Here, 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 here. Right, moving on. Uh, West Ham under 23s against Man United. I'm sure all of you went on on Sunday to the London Stadium, didn't you? I'm surprised you didn't actually. You were free. Weren't well, you? I, I, I was. Uh, I I went somewhere Where did you else. Go, I went to the West Ham ladies to watch my first yeah, West Ham ladies. Senior well, I <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of grief for this. I oh, I was free dear. on Sunday and decided to just drive to Rush Green as you do along the M25 from from my my flat in Surrey, and uh, just on the off chance. And uh, I went... Ten minutes from my house and you don't even well, pop in I did ring on. you. On my way there, I rung you and you said, I can't talk now. I was going to say... Yeah, you, I was I'm, in Plasto. Yeah, <laughs> I rung you on my way down as I was going after the over the Dartford or under the Dartford tunnel. Uh, I said to you, I gave you a ring and you went, I can't talk now. And I was going to say, yeah. why didn't you come down and watch the West Ham ladies? Oh, and I happened face. to bump in. Who did... Who? Of all people, oh. I bumped into. I bumped into Jack Sullivan and, and David Sullivan, what are the senior at, at the game. What are the chances? There's only about seventy people watching the game. Um, always a bit of good fun. It was a lovely afternoon. Rush Green is quite a nice facility, actually. Um, not quite Premier League quality football, but an enjoyable afternoon. <laughs> all the best. And who turns up? Um, but Pedro Obiang. Um, and I had a little chat with him and I said to him, what are you doing down? He had two security guards, by the way, in, in, a, in case he got mobbed. And people were coming up to me going, who's that? I was going, it's Pedro Obiang. He went, who's that? Is he a West Ham player? And I went, yeah. Because the people who go there are just like women's football fans. <laughs> They're not really football. West Ham fans. Are, is he Is he? Careful he play? what you say, Sean. Careful what, what? you say. I'm not saying anything <laughs> beyond that. I found the whole enjoyment. I found it very enjoyable, and I suggest. Really? Yeah, I suggest that people oh, go down because it's free for season ticket holders, free for Claret members, under 16s are free, and adults are two pounds. So, Crystal, they're playing Crystal Palace uh, later this uh, uh, at the end of this month. Why not go down to Rush Green and lend your Why support? Not? Um, there you go, and you might bump into. Uh, the Sullivans or uh, a, or a first team player or two. Right. Support West Ham ladies. So that's my plug for the West Ham ladies. But don't play in West Ham. But let's go back to the under 23s because, as you say, I didn't miss the under 23s. Uh, Martinez, get a, first person to get a hat trick at the London Stadium. Should he have been given the chance in the first team with Andy Carroll being dropped? Nigel. Yes. Yeah? You would. You would. Um, Put him on the bench for uh, Friday. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen him. Um, I, I went to the Swansea game. I think he got two that day. Um, he, he he does he does look like he could or he deserves a run out. Um, perhaps coming on off the bench, give him twenty minutes, see what he can do. I always find under twenty three games a bit difficult to judge how good a player is because the problem is is when you play kids against people roughly the same age it's not getting them ready for Premier League football where they go up against top class men so the only way to know how good he is is to put him in the first team 
and, and give him a run out and bring him in. So for me, he should be on the bench every game. Yeah. Whether he comes on or not, but he should be on the bench every game. But at least give him in games where you think you can bring him on if you're winning 2 0 or if you're down 2 0. Bring him on for even for 10 minutes. Let's see yeah, what I he agree. can do. Yeah. Otherwise, how do you know? Yeah, George, John, do, yeah. you, do you agree? Yeah, bring him absolutely. on. I mean, we're not exactly banging goals in for fun at the minute, and he is, so. <laughs> you're right. No, he don't. you're right. Why he's got the confidence, bring him on. Exactly. He's knocking right. on the door already. What about in a cup run? Give him a cup game. Give yeah, him yeah, I agree. Agree, agree. Uh, right. Sean, what's happening with Reece Oxford? Did he, was he, did he Reece, Reece Oxford, right, is, well, he can be bought, he hasn't been played yet, obviously, he had a few injury problems, uh, but he is surplus to requirements with now Rice coming through and everything, and he is available to be sold for the right money. You're joking. Yep. No, I'm not joking, I'm, I'm being deadly serious. If the right bid comes in, he's available. Uh, Fifteen one. million pounds and he's yours. Shocking. I'm just telling you, I'm just a messenger. I don't make the message. So that's an indictment of our youth. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? It's just why can why can we not manage a young player in our first team? Well, I think they think Rice is better. Really? Yeah. Well what about Rice and Oxford playing them. Oh, steady on there. Oh, steady oh, on hey, there. Hey, hey, Whoa, hey, slow down there. You win nothing with kids, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Alan Anson said. Anyway, I think I we've been there spend before. Spend the money on a 34 year old. Yeah. Sure. If that sure. happens for me, they should tear up that Academy of Football logo by the side of the pitch and throw it in the bin. Oh. Because if that's what we're going to do. Harsh words. It's, it's a money making business now, and if we can sell a, a few. And really, that let's be honest, we got that nickname by producing players and selling them on anyway. Yeah, yeah. Good point, George. Um, let's talk about Nigel's interview series. Uh, we'll give a little plug for his last one, because I don't think we've been on air since with the Lou Macari interview. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that one, Nigel. You did upset a few people. You upset Phil Parks and... Uh, Frank McAvenny. No, you upset nice me, boys. Making stories. Giving little snippets to him. Phil, did you hear what he said? Oh, he said this. When Phil don't listen to all the interview, so you upset no. Phil Parks and his daughter, <laughs> then you go and upset Frankie McAvenny. No, Frank McAvenny. I tell you what, Frank we didn't tell Frank McAvenny. Frank McAvenny called us on the Frank McAvenny. He knew we didn't have to ring him up. And, and oh, we listened to the interview then. No, no, he? no. Did he he read the, sto he read the story I wrote. Oh. <laughs> well, there, you there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh. But anyway, I felt, I felt cheap and used. <laughs> Welcome to the world of journalism. <laughs> oh, cheap, cheap and used is the whole way you could actually describe the yeah. whole of your output Sean on that website thank of yours I, I thank you that's the best compliment you've given me all podcasts uh, that's up there with when I called him gutter press yeah. and he was so happy uh, our next victim uh, is going to be Frankie Mack uh, if he answers his phone he will do he was he was doing the uh, he was doing one of those because uh, I was speaking to the security guy Nick at um, Rush Green on Sunday he was doing the because he did the security on Friday night he did one of those um Old boys thing. Q and A things, yeah. Yeah, the old story. So that's why he was in London over the weekend. But he's back now. So hopefully, 
we can hear a Frankie Mac. We've asked him to talk slower for you <laughs> so we can understand him afterwards. I'll do the same. Yeah, yeah. So we can understand both of you. <laughs> One Glaswegian and another Cockney boy. Anyway, uh, it's time for this. Facebook, Twitter, question time. Oh yes, it's Facebook, Twitter, question time. And have you have you got them up, um, George or? Are you letting me do it all tonight? Um, I haven't got them up, but I can get them up if you want to talk amongst yourselves. Well, I'll do the first one. Why, okay. why are you bringing them up? Uh, Dean McBride says, Andy Carroll was a little unlucky on his first year low, but go for a second one like he did was pure idiocy. Uh, lucky it was not a straight red. Hopefully we might get to see Hernandez and Sacco partnership up front. I also don't... <laughs> I've got my glass in... <laughs> I also don't. Over? Yeah, can you? I also don't get a lot of hate. I'm hearing on the black kit. I like it. He likes the black kit. Really? Okay, it's not as good as some of the more classic style away kits, but it could have been far worse. Any comments on the kit? Yeah, rubbish. I like it. I like it. Non fast, not fast. Taffy Wallback says. Not necessarily a, w- a question, but more of a comment. It will be good to hear some even-handed thoughts on the AC sending off. We already covered that. Uh, most of the other podcasts I listen to tend to bash or have an ambivalence to West Ham, and I don't know why. West Ham bashing <laughs> is uh, always... What's that like? The general what, general football podcast just concentrate mainly on the, you know, the Man United's and Liverpool's, and they just have sort of very... Little to say about West Ham teams at our level. The only we- the only football podcast I listen to is more than just a podcast. Good. Yeah, I only listen to West Ham podcasts. But to be fair, one of them is like listening to Guardian readers talk about West Ham. I'm bored to be Jesus. Which one is that? Go on. Is that more just Hammer Time? As I like to call it. Oh, uh, I like I like oh, stop Hammer Time. Oh. D- don't. I only listen to it because I swear one day I will hear something funny, because they they laugh amongst themselves. And I'm thinking I must be really dim because I do not get what you're on about, mate. There you go. I think I think you're a little unkind. <laughs> yeah. I like that way, way as well without the music, but the music's no. Boring. The music's good. The music is good. <laughs> anyway, Paul, Paul Cole says. I thought we played better football when the village idiot went off. Whilst AC has the old good game, his impact on how we play is negative. Also, you can see Hernandez getting frustrated, especially by being dragged every week. Dragged off, maybe. Dragged off, yeah, yeah. Cool. I think, you know, I get that. Nick Harvey says, AC was incredibly stupid. A spell on the bench after suspension will do him good. Looking forward to seeing how Sacco and Chicarito link up. Obiang needs to start against Brighton. True. He did well. My mate now. Mm. Yeah, my best Hick- mate now. Hick Chiderci says, Is there any case for Arthur to start wide left with Antonio wide right on Friday? Brighton yep. will park the bus so width could be the key. There's I agree. a big case. Yeah. 
Lewis Erentrout says, can you find the stats of late goals we've conceded under Bilic? Well, Lewis, funny you should say that. Sean already yeah. did. Yeah, I did. I knew we wouldn't hold on, 10 men or not. You have to see it out. Bilic's job is saved yet again because of Carroll's stupidity and he gained a point. He ain't going to be sacked. Toby Fisher says, will Brighton game on Friday be a repeat of our last fixture April 2012 when we smashed them 6-0? Yes, it will. Do we all remember that game? Didn't yeah, I, missed the, I, I actually missed the first three goals of that game. <coughs> Gary Prince says, "What Andy Carroll's goals? What's Andy Carroll's goals to game ratio in, say, his last forty matches? Can you name any strikers we can we should consider replacing him with?" Martinez. I don't know, but I I know Andy uh, Carroll. I like, this I like that. Um, I like that. Messi plays Barcelona. Have you seen him? Yeah. No, that Ronaldo blows bell. Yeah. Did you see the interview Andy Carroll did where he said, my game's not all about goals? And we go, well, that's good, because you haven't scored any lately. No. no I, didn't, I didn't see that. On, on, the, on the West Ham uh, <laughs> website, he said, literally a few days ago, he went, my game's not all about goals. Well, Right, you're a striker though, man. They Newcastle's gone up for sale man. today. Maybe they will buy him back. Why, well, hey, man. Anyway, that's it, isn't it? Uh, unless there's any on Twitter. Did you see any on Twitter? I didn't, no. No, I don't I bet you didn't tweet it out, did you? No, it does it automatically. It's clever stuff. Uh, that's it, Sean. Yeah, so uh, now just, um, uh, obviously, predictions for Friday against uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. The Seagulls. The Seagulls. Seagulls. Yeah, we have to be careful. No singing rude songs now. Yeah, yeah. No homophobic. Yeah, none of that. If they're they're there, their boyfriends probably do know they're there. So we don't want no silly songs. Yeah. Just stop it. That is an official warning. Dear Lord. This has gone well, this podcast. We really. Anyway, Nigel, (laughs) your prediction for Friday. Oh, we'll sing a few songs. Um,. I reckon 3 0 West Ham. George. 6 0 West Ham. John. I'll say 1 0 Sacco. <laughs> I'll go <laughs> 2 0 to West Ham. So we've all predicted a win. Uh, and we could be 10th by Christmas. Well, we could be 10th by sort of. It's not even November yet. It's getting late. Anyway, I have been Sean. George has been Christmas. <laughs> Nigel has been Curmudgeon. And John has been Tired. Thanks. Oh. Come on, you irons. Right, come on, you irons. Happy Emmers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 